you, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. On today's episode of the Salt and Dirt Podcast, we are joined by filmmaker J. Aaron Sanders. The short film Garage recently played at Dances with Films. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Kyler Bingham. Okay, great. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us on the Salt Lake Dirt podcast today. Uh, I was very excited to to have you on the show, um, especially hearing that you have a Salt Lake connection. Um, and we're here to talk you know, specifically about your film, uh, Garage, your short film that was recently at Dances with Films. And I got the chance to see it, and it was you know, an incredible, incredible short, very powerful. Um, and so, yeah, maybe... We could just jump right into it. Welcome, first of all, and then uh, tell us a little about your your path to filmmaking. Um, and you, you know, you grew up in Salt Lake, it sounds like. So I would love to hear uh, as much as you're willing to tell us. Well, thanks for having me on. Um, it was so fun to like discover this the the work that you're doing, and I mean, it's so amazing. And uh, I was. I was thinking about like uh, it's the, it's the first time I've kind of discussed Salt Lake City in terms of Garage, which is interesting because though Garage the movie doesn't say it's set in Garage uh, set in Salt Lake City, it it's it's set in Salt Lake City. So like in my head, it's it's a Salt Lake City neighborhood. When we were scouting um, in North Hollywood in the Valley, we were looking for neighborhoods that like Salt Lake City and and. I think we did pretty, pretty. I mean, I, I think that that street looks pretty good. You can see a few palm trees, of course, but um, if you're looking, but to me, it does capture the, the kind of South Salt Lake uh, part. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I mean, I, I thought, I guess I must have missed the palm trees, but I thought you filmed it here. Um, so you fooled me. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Well, we're, we want to make the feature and I would love to film in Salt Lake City. Unfortunately, it's kind of expensive to film in Utah, but if we could Good make a thought, it, right? <laughs> uh, but if we could do it, I would love to do it. But the the neighborhood, just because you're from there, it's it's like right between 3900 South and 3300 South off of Third or no off of 500 East. So oh, wow. that's kind of yeah. the, the neighborhood. Yeah, no, I, I know it well. I know it well. <laughs> so, but. But yeah, I came to Garage. Um, I I was always interested in filmmaking, and I I mean, I went when I was at the University of Utah. I reviewed films for the uh, Daily Chronicle, and uh, the top five the year I was doing it. I think I know Fargo was in it, and I think Bottle Rocket. So like, it was a year of like there were a lot of like really, I mean, those filmmakers have been doing it forever now, mm-hmm. and. Um, and but the the funny thing is is this is how I naive I was I thought that my best way as a Utah kid to filmmaking was through an English degree become a novelist adapt my novels make the films and so I kind of went that way and uh, so you know many years later too many years later uh, I finally made my first film but after getting a, a PhD in English, <laughs> publishing a novel, several short stories, and then finding my way back back here. So um, 
it took a long time and it's kind of embarrassing to admit that no i think that i think that's great i think um and this is like this podcast is like it started out just focusing on novels and writers uh so i think like the one thing i've you know with, with a with a writer filmmaker whatever i think what's so fascinating is there's no there's no one set path to that career and so you talk to everyone and they have a very different trajectory i mean there's the classic you know oh, I went to film school and blah, blah, blah. But that's, the more people I talk to, the more rare that is. So it's really, I think that's an awesome trajectory. Um, and it's going to influence for sure your your filmmaking process. So I think that's that's incredible. Yeah, I, it, it, I guess it hasn't, I guess my regret is like that it took, it took, because when I made Garage, it was like, I it felt like I'd come home finally. Like I didn't, I mean, I think I'm a, pretty good fiction writer not great um but i can get the job done and i come up with a good story every now and again and but i find the process so isolating and so frustrating and i mean i remember for example when i was in the later stages i mean in any stage to be honest of writing the novel that did get published trying to find someone to read that thing was like, it's like the biggest ask. It's a complicated transaction because usually you know the person and 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 they don't want to, they don't really know what they're doing. A lot of times, you know, people don't read a lot. I know it's a cliche to say, but even if people read a lot, they may not read a lot in the kind of thing you're trying to do. I mean, right. that might be a better way to put it. So like I'm handing this thing to people and begging them to read it. They'll, you know, either they, the best case scenario, they read it over the weekend and they, they love it, but then you're not anywhere. Uh, the worst case scenario is they never read it and then they don't talk to you again because they feel so bad. And then, uh, but, but that, the, you know, in between there's this thing where they'll, they'll read it and then they'll, they'll give you their best notes, but they're not great notes because it's a hard thing to do. So it's so difficult to move those things forward. And um, my solution incidentally was to, when I was a professor, I had very bright students that I would pay to read it. <laughs> and then that, I love it. <laughs> then it felt like, okay, I can expect them to do it. And there's this exchange and they were very smart and helpful. But the reason I'm saying all this is when I made Garage, it's, it's so much easier when you make a film to say, will you watch this? And people watch films all the time. They like, it's so much easier to kind of, I think, gauge where you are and, and how that process goes. And so I think more people have seen Garage already than, than read my, read my novel. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that, I mean, it's like, it's, that's no, like, uh, no negative, point on your on your end because i i was taught or um, i was listening to an interview with one of my favorite writers and um bruce wagner uh, i don't know if you're familiar with him but he uh so this is like a fairly recent interview and he was talking to someone who was was a fan um also a writer and they were kind of going on about how like well respected wagner is and yada 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 and like he you know he may not sell a ton of books but the people who uh you know love him or our fans like just devour everything he does and he, he was very modest and said something to the effect that well he's like yeah you sell he's like i don't sell a lot of books and 
and even way fewer than that people actually read them so it's like most books that are purchased like i have a lot of books on my bookshelf here i you know i'll admit i haven't read every single one of those thoroughly and so he was very like realistic about yeah it's you know it's a time investment and Unfortunately, a lot of people don't read like they used to. Um, even even once big time readers are, I think we're kind of switching over to TV in a lot of ways for because the, the TV content is so great. Um, yeah. So it is, yeah. It's like a, it's a, it's a huge time investment. And so I think, and and then so there's a that, and then I think you know sometimes we can be lazy. I mean, I read a lot of books, but sometimes like I just feel like watching Netflix, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I think people definitely uh, they can just sit back on their computer or on their TV and and just re relax. Especially with a short film, um, they have no excuse <laughs> to give you some feedback there. Yeah, it's true. It's it is interesting. I remember that professor at the U. Um, I think his name was um, oh shit, I can't remember his name, but he would say he would say something like he always liked be provocative and he would say things like you know there's this built-in idea that it's always more virtuous to read than to watch television and he he was like I couldn't disagree more like it depends like what are you reading like what are you watching and and I think um and and and, and also so I I think there is something there like I think I I feel like I was brought up that way where it's better to read than to watch, but I'm not sure that that's true. And I'm not <laughs> like the content is so good anymore. I mean, obviously you should probably do both, um, which we probably do, but, um, but I, I guess that if you want to get something out there though, I think it's the, it's easier to get more eyes on visual content or podcasts now than, mm -hmm. than it is the written word. And even some of the people I admire, the, uh, who, the books I would read, like they, they've moved to podcasts now and doing like what, what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Um, yeah. I and mean, there's some great podcasts like, you know, narrative and just like the, the form of it is, you know, it, it is becoming, has become, an art form in its own right for a lot, a lot of the stuff that's been put out there. So, um, yeah. I think like, you know, storytelling is ultimately what it's all about. So if you're telling a good story or an engaging story, you know, whatever the medium is, um, yeah, I yeah. think that's, I think you've, you've won think, if you can do that. Yeah. And I think the other thing I know, I guess maybe we're going down a rabbit hole a little bit, but <laughs> that's okay. it's all connected in the sense that it's also very difficult to get someone to, um, for example, with a book, it's difficult to get somebody to buy a book. It's like a big ask, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's a big ask to ask anybody to spend money on something that you've made. It's all, it's also on the other end of that. It's very difficult to make something that somebody wants to pay money for. Like if this stuff's like really, really hard. And so you can, you can have like a, a really good novel that's well written and and for some reason it doesn't catch the imagination of a wide audience and people are not buying it and and nobody quite knows why and i think um you know it's it's the same for films they they don't know what they're doing here i mean you know they put out these big movies and they spend millions of dollars advertising billboards everywhere and then nobody goes to see it and then the next week and they do the same thing and everybody goes to see it and uh so it, that's all very difficult. And I think um, 
for me, that's been the, I think the harder part as I have moved through my career is to, is to kind of like be okay with that and to just kind yeah. of come back and do the things that, that speak to you, you know, that speak to me and mm. that where there's something. Uh, and I think it's also difficult that you have to have some real connection to the work the, the work that you're producing. So obviously garage is a very personal piece to me. So um, that's why you spend the time on it. That's why you spend the money. That's why you do it. Right. Yeah. No, that that's um, there, there is, it's a, there's no rhyme or reason to what, you know, there's too, there's so many factors and um, stuff. Yeah. I t completely agree. There's no like, formula to figure out why did this not take off there was a couple films at uh, dances with films that um documentaries that that uh, covered uh two different bands there's one called the match it bleeding audio is the film yes uh yeah so i don't know if you got the chance to see that but uh i saw that at slam dance earlier in the year and i had never heard of this band before and just hearing their music and, and seeing like their live performances in the film like i became a fan and I was like, how did this band, like, why did this band make it? And yeah. like a Blink-182, Blink or the, why did the matches not make it and Blink-182, like, soar to these heights uh, where I listen to it and I'm enjoying this music w way more. So, um, they're, and they and they busted their ass, you know, they, they toured nonstop and, you know, it's just, there's no real rhyme or reason. So I think it's, I feel for these artists who, um, maybe they didn't get the success that they had envisioned in the beginning and they did everything right. You know, they have good art. They, they worked really, really hard and spent a lot of time trying to manifest that, but it didn't like pan out exactly the, the way they wanted. So I just hope artists who, who do create stuff don't like beat themselves up because so much, so many things are just out of their, uh, out of their control that, you know, um, and I think if something is really good, it does find, even if it's a small audience, like talking about Bruce Wagner or a band like The Matches, if something's really good, it does find uh, its audience at some point. That's the cool, I mean, that's what I think is, is a cool thing about when stuff is out there, it is, you know, it's there. Uh, so you may not see the direct, like, uh, you know, response, but I think, um, I think, I think, I think it's a good thing. So I think that's what's another amazing thing about film and, and, all kind of art is that you put it out into the world and you have no idea who it is impacting um which makes me want to get back to your your film i, I think like um it does definitely have a very like you said it's a very personal story to you so it's based off um you know some truth but definitely it's it's a narrative short uh maybe we could just talk about the film itself um and just what kind of what uh, made you it's I mean it's a tough subject it's a very challenging tough subject so I'm I'm very curious to hear um, how you decided to to jump into this um, it must have been very like emotionally difficult at times to to put this out there yeah um, the I think what happened in like there's in in short uh, what I've so the the film for those that haven't seen it, it's a, it's about uh, the the long effects of of childhood trauma, and in this case, it was uh, you know I was 
I was kidnapped and abused in a garage, which is not something that anyone wants to talk about, me either. But it happened, and um, and this was in uh, this happened in Salt Lake City, like I said, and and at the time, um, I was very fortunate in many ways. Uh, my mother like turned detective and tracked me down and basically rescued me from from the garage, and that's a whole story. Um, but you know. The abuse had already happened, uh, and so it—that's kind of like the event. And it, uh, the police told my parents at the time, "Don't just don't bring it up unless he brings it up." Um, and that's the best they could do then. I've talked to other survivors who had similar experiences, and um, and so anyway, on we went, and I ended up having a life and all sorts of things happened and, and then, um like 40 years later almost literally for, like not literally almost to the day it's like it just it just kind of like trauma just comes out of you and I've since met a lot of other people that had the same experience and it seems to be between like 40 and 50 years it'll lay dormant and then it's just like fuck this we're coming out <laughs> wow and wow and so when it came out for me, um, I was I had just achieved tenure as an English professor in, in at a college in university in Georgia. I had just published my first novel uh, with Penguin Random House called Speakers of the Dead, and essentially I, I had checked off a bunch of big life goals. Um, I was married with two kids. And well, I'd just gotten divorced actually, uh, but I had two kids and I'd been married. And, um, and it was like, it was, it was at that moment that I stopped being able to like live the way I was living. Like it just, it just like, it was like a tornado came into my life and all these life skills that I had and, you know, the ability to deal with things maturely and like just navigate life, it kind of went out the window. And around the same time, I, I ended up moving to Los Angeles to like, cause I was so frustrated with academia and that's a whole different story, but I felt like I couldn't muster up the same. I couldn't be a writer anymore. If I was also an academic, I just didn't have the space. I couldn't do it. And so I ended up in Los Angeles and, my PTSD just came out and, and it just was a mess. And I, luckily I had some good people in my life to help me finally get the help that I needed. And I started to recover. So that's, it was like, a, but it was a disaster show for like three years, just awful. And so when I finally started getting things back together, uh, my manager at the time was like, um, you need to make a short film. And, um, and I'd been trying to write about this experience and um, it sort of came together in this idea to do like a horror film about it because the only way I could write about what had just happened was through the horror film genre. Um, and I, I love horror movies. They're kind of, they're like my favorite anyway. And so I, I came up with this idea to, at first I wrote a feature and then I, cut it back to the short version, which is which is the film. And, and I have a new feature version of the same idea. But it kind of felt like I was 
writing about this experience in different ways to try and get at something with it. And, and so it was almost through the act of writing and then making the film that I started to kind of understand it. And, you know, the film, as you know, is kind of this circular thing where the guy can't get out of, of, of the, of the circle. And that's just, that's what it's like to live with trauma. And so it became this very like simple way for me just to say, this is what, this is what it's like to live with untreated trauma. You try, you keep trying to get better and you can't, you can't get out of the, you can't get out of the past. You get, and it keeps like tripping you up. And no matter what you do, what you say to people, people don't understand what's happening to you, but you're doing your best and your life's just a mess. <laughs> so that's, and that, so that's how, that's how Garage came to be. And um, as I started, uh, we did a Kickstarter for, for, to raise money for the film. And I think it was then that I realized that it would mean something to other people because yeah uh, for sure yeah yeah and it we started to get like a lot of positive feedback and then and then when we started showing the even the rough cuts to to certain people who knew about trauma they were like yeah that's it <laughs> that's what it's like mm -hmm. and, um uh, i yeah so i mean it's an incredible film i i really hope people um get the chance to see it. and that that's so incredible that you are that you have a feature um in the works that's like the ultimate goal so that i mean i think that's a definitely um it's definitely an important story um reality that that um it is unfortunately i think brushed under the rug a lot of the time uh so i think it is and i love yeah the visuals you gave just like put you in um so much emotion when people get to see it they'll know what i'm talking about um so yeah I, i'm i would love to hear about the response like at the festival itself because this is one of the first festivals uh at least that i've been covering that has that's pretty much been in person um so we have there's audiences and there's people um to connect with and talk to whereas you know the last year or so there's been a, a lot of us just been we're, we're stuck online on zoom um so i would just love to hear about your experience at the festival itself i've heard so many incredible things um, about dances with films and I you know I, I look forward to coming down there at some point um, to see it in person but yeah what was your experience like well it was incredible in a word um, first of all that you have just the, the the experience of being in a in a in a cinema after what we've all been through and um, and you know we had never seen our film on the big screen either because we would have in normal times, but we had to shortcut those and do a lot of it just through Apple TV and things. So there was that part of it. It's a huge screen, great sound. Uh, Dances with Films is an amazing festival. They they organize so well. They communicate with the filmmakers so well. We had already gotten to know a lot of the other filmmakers, and so they were there supporting us. We also were. We also made it our premiere. Uh, because we hadn't been able to gather with our cast and crew. So, and because it was in LA, we were able to invite everybody. So that was amazing. So we got to celebrate that. My parents came, which was very meaningful because it's very difficult for them, I think, to see this story over and over, but they have been so supportive of my recovery. And, um, and, and then there were, 
there was this moment like during the Q and A. So the screening was amazing. It was just so fun to see, and um, and uh, and then there was a, we did the a Q and A, and there was a moment where uh, I was asked the question like, why a horror movie kind of thing for for trauma, and I gave very much the same answer that I gave to you, and in the middle of it, like a bunch of people started cheering it was kind of the cue was like survivors and like survivors will, will understand or see themselves in this and a bunch of people just started clapping and it was really moving because it it was the, the applause was much greater than the people that were there to support me uh, personally and i and i understood again they were letting me know that they got it and then after the q a several people which often happens now when we show the film they want to talk to me and just briefly tell me that they're a survivor too. And it's, uh, it's really, it's a, re it's really powerful uh, because like we had another event online where we, it was like a test screening with some people in the trauma community. And there was like a 68 year old woman from Toronto who said she felt, she felt seen and heard for the first time after watching this little horror wow. movie. Yeah. And so that, you know, it, I guess as a writer, just kind of in general, like part of your job, you're like, you're, you know, you're kind of like a magician where you're, you're doing this trick with things and then you're putting it out there to an audience, but you're not quite sure how they're going to see the trick or if they're going to, it's going to play. Right. Right. And so it's been very, so there's always that going on, but with this, with this, with garage in particular, I'm just very, gratified when it plays well with survivors and sometimes they'll hear that there's this horror movie about trauma and they'll be a little resistant at first but then when they see it they're like okay yeah that's it that's what it that's what it is yeah so, so no that that's oh go ahead go ahead i just wanted to say once again though dances with films just couldn't have been better hosts couldn't have run a better festival and so it made the, the premiere just so wonderful. That's great. That's, you know, that's, that's incredible. I, um, and I, that's what I was wondering. I, I was, I was assuming that there would have been like a, like a reaction like that in people who I, I love that that woman, you know, I mean, it, it's bittersweet, but that she hasn't felt heard, you know, that's, that's incredible that a piece of uh, art, a short film could, could, you know, impact someone's life like that so that that's that's outstanding um i'm sure it's like it's going to definitely reach a lot of people um and that's i mean i love that you had people in the in the trauma community um watch it because it's like you can get you know you everyone's i, I would imagine everyone's experience is is different but the same and so there's just um so much power in that um yeah, that's incredible. I can't wait to see the feature film. Yeah, I'm excited about about that too because we can just do a little bit more, of course, with all of it, and um, really try and get that experience down. Of, I mean, for me, it's the male survivor experience, but it's any survivor I think deals with just so many of the same the same issues. I mean, just I've recently been kind of obsessed with almost a a more statistical idea of of abuse and or just trauma in, in general and with with sexual assault for example the 
the very rough estimates are like about like one in three women and one in six men. I think it's higher with men, but I think men mm. don't report. Right. But even at, even at those numbers, it's like a billion people. Yeah. And it's quite something to think that a billion, that there's, there's that, that high number of people that go through the experience, but we still have such a difficult time talking about it. Right. Um, um, you know, you've seen the film and the, the scene with the shovel uh, at the end was, um, that was kind of the last thing I added to the film because when I would tell people about what I was doing, they, they always, especially men, they always wanted to kill him. The, they, what I t they wanted to kill the guy that hurt me. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was, and I was interested that I myself don't have that same feeling about it. Like it's a little more complicated for me. But I was surprised. I felt like that it was that the that that reaction was kind of almost a cover for I don't want to talk about it. I just want to kill the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and but but oddly enough like even at the film festival like i talked to a few women who had the same response and i really believe that that is that's a deflection i think because we don't know how to talk about abuse even now we don't know how to talk about perpetrators who them who they themselves are often victims or of of abuse again i feel weird even bringing it up because I don't want to sound like I'm saying that, you know, I don't, it's tricky because you don't, you don't want to, you, you don't want to try and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You don't, you don't, you don't want to humanize those acts, I think. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but absolutely. The, absolutely. But at the same time, the fact that we can't talk about it is not good i think so mm. i don't know exactly how to talk about it but i think we need to talk about it more and um and i think that i was trying to show in garage that even when i guess i can just say it like it's a short film and people will see it or they <laughs> won't but the, the, the main character gets to like bash the guy that did him you know he bashes him in the head with a shovel <laughs> But it doesn't fix anything. That's the whole point. It's like nothing right. he's doing, even that, doesn't solve the problem that he's dealing. Um, so, I think um, anyway. In the future, I hope we can get into more of the of the terrain here, mm -hmm. and uh, and I think hopefully I. I'm not the only one doing this work, obviously. In fact, you you feel often like you're the only, I'm the only one that gets this, I'm gonna do this thing. But then you do it and you realize, no, there are a lot of other people that get it too. And they're doing, they're also doing similar work in their own way. And maybe we're having a time where we can start to talk about it more. No, I think that's, um, you know, very, very important. And there is like, with stuff like this, I'm no expert at all, of course, but it's like, I think just, you know, maybe there is no one, there's no right way to talk about difficult things, but to just start talking about it. That's the, that's the step that, um, is going to put us as a, as a culture humans in, um, moving in the right direction. Um, so yeah, uh, just like kind of logistically with, with the film, cause I, I did love the short so much. Um, I know it's like, a, you know, it's a, it's a lot 
of money and time and like all kinds of you know uh moving parts to to make something um you know feature film um, I don't want to press you on t- on time frame, but I'm just curious about like what what is the next step? Uh, another Kickstarter possibly, or um, are you are, you know are you where are you on, in this process? If you don't mind telling us. Yeah, well we've we've uh, we've met a few people who want want to be a part of it, and so I think right now we're um, you know we're starting to build a build a team. It's it's funny. It's um, I don't know if you uh, <laughs> you remember that story when you were a kid about the little red hen. Who's, yeah, uh, oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, you know, making the mm-hmm. bread and no one wants to help, but everyone wants to eat the bread. That's very much like filmmaking. Um, <laughs> and so when you, when, and, and well, but the key thing is money. Like, so if I were to announce I have $3 million to make this movie, I mean, there would be a line from like, here to the ocean, <laughs> um, you know, but, but it's, but it's like getting the money. So we're trying to, um, we're, we're building our team in, and then we're going to raise the money and then, um, but we're getting, we have all sorts of pieces that we could put in place. And uh, so you kind of have to figure out like what, you know, usually do like three different budget ranges and like we could do it for this we could do it for this and we could do it for this and obviously everybody wants the most money so like if we could get five million dollars then that would be one one movie or two to three as another and then if you want to just go film student again we try and do it for like five hundred thousand but um it's really hard to do films for like less so anyway that's I'm hoping to um, find a way to raise a few million dollars. Um, and, but I think you also have to put a timer on it. So I'm thinking it would be nice to, uh, it would be nice to be shooting in like 18 months or so. And I think that's kind yeah. of a realistic time frame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot to do. It's that it, I, I working on just the short film, like from, you know, I was like the first person on it and the last person on it. Right, right. And it's a long process. Um, so, but it's it's really uh, exhilarating, I think, compared to the novel writing, which was so isolating. Mm-hmm. This was like so fun to, to work with all these different people and to have all, all these different things going on. And so, um, so, but that's, it just comes down to the money. And I don't, I don't think the Kickstarter can do it for a feature, uh, the, the feature that we'd like to make, but if we had to do a Kickstarter and then make it at some point, we do that, I suppose. Yeah. If that makes sense. No. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's exciting. I mean, so many, um, like, like feature films have like, you know, been birthed from a short <laughs> film. So it's always like, I love going back and, 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 and seeing, you know, a lot of times, like I, I'm thinking of like local local guy here, Jared Hess with Napoleon oh, yeah. Dynamite, just kind of pops into my head. But how that was a short, um, I think it was a black and white short, even if I'm not mistaken, uh, initially. So it's kind of it's kind of cool um, when you see the film. A lot of times, that's what happens because you know it's more um, publicized, and then you go back and people see the short film. It's really incredible to see um, 
the, the elements of what kind of spawned this huge project. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely excited to see it. And so, um, like, like in the meantime, so you're living in Los Angeles, you're no longer a Salt Lake boy. Yeah. Uh, so in Los Angeles, um, what do you, um, any, any other projects just to like, kind of, you know, pay the bills type thing? What are you, what are you doing down there? Well, I, I consider myself like a, a screenwriter. Um, so I, I'm always like working on scripts and, uh, um, the, so yeah, so I have, uh, I have a few, I have a few feature scripts that I'm, uh, finishing right now um that are not meant to do that i don't want to direct that i want to just sell and and then i i do a lot of uh script doctoring or script consulting or whatever um and then and then like everybody else here i have a part-time job with a nonprofit um that i that i'm able to do so everyone here hustles it's uh it's it's interesting it's a whole culture of hustling and um Oh yeah, but, for sure. But yeah, so everybody does. That's was was maybe the most surprising thing for me, like coming out of academia, was to move to Los Angeles and just see that everybody's doing at least a few things, and um, and everyone comes out here because they want to like do something creative. Well, not everyone, but uh, so many people do. So everyone's out here just just doing it, and it's it's like it can be overwhelming when you're not doing well yourself, but it can also be really cool when, when you're okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's been my experience. So I, I come down there, you know, a couple times a year and I, I have friends down there. So it's always kind of like, you know, I, I hadn't really realized that until several years back that, yeah, people are, you have to hustle down there. Yeah. It's expensive. And it's like, um, you know, even if you work on a project, that project ends eventually. If you're making money on that project, it's over. So there's always like a constant, um, yes. you know, hustling, which is, it's very cool. Like meeting the people who, um, can live like that. Cause you know, so many people, they would just, you know, internally collapse. So, um, but I'm always fascinated. I, th I think like, um, I had talked to a writer a while back and he, he's not in Los Angeles, but he, you know, he, now he makes a living as a right as a novelist and um him and his wife for years they they ran a travel um agency which i probably is kind of a defunct type thing yeah. now you know for the most part but he said it was like very important for him um you know he even for several years while he could probably have made a living as a as a as a writer um he stayed doing his travel agency thing because he was like i got so many more ideas um and i was living like out of the community of you know you know art and creative so it was kind of like it gave him um like a, a structure that you know that was helpful to his art which is like it was really cool to hear i think because uh, you know most people like like i'm you know i'm working on a novel right now cool. and um i'm a high school teacher here so it's kind of like i was always like oh i you know i teach i mean i love teaching high school i really do but it's like um i would much rather be a novelist but you know, it's kind of cool when you can be like, oh, you can be multiple things. You don't have to just be that, this or that. So uh, it's very cool talking to people, especially in Los Angeles, because that is the norm, um, uh, you know, of you have you have to have multiple things going at all times. Yeah, and I think and uh, I, I got this from when I was teaching, too, and maybe it's 
the same, but when you have something to push up against it a little bit, like when you, it's almost like when you have something that else outside of a creative thing that has to get done, there's this thing where I can do where I can, um, I can say, well, I'll do it in an hour. I'll, I'll do it in one more hour. And it like the pressure builds and builds and builds. But in the meantime, I'm getting writing done. And then at a certain point, I have to like burst into that other world and like knock some shit out. <laughs> and then it's a race to like get back to it. And, yeah. and I think without that, I got used to it in academia when I was writing fiction at the same time. And so I very much still carry that with me where I like almost having that other thing to push yeah. up against it. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it can be like the, that makes, I, I like that the, the way, the way you say it, push up against it. I, I mean, that I, I can relate to that completely. That's, that's interesting. Um, and teaching, well, let's see. Like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. The teaching is really difficult for people that don't know. Like I think <laughs> Thank people don't understand what teaching is. It's very, very difficult. It's for me, it felt like, it was not at all like for me. I could not retain all the all the information in my head enough to just show up and I wanted like to be that old guy that had like a folder for October twelfth and just show up and look at the <laughs> folder and go, oh okay, this is what we're doing. It doesn't work that way for me. Like I had to be in the stuff, so I'd be reading the books the day I was teaching them, and 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 then you go in and you perform for like oh, yeah. thirty kids that don't really want to be there <laughs> and then you're just exhausted after that and it feels like you're bombing most of the time <laughs> and there's nothing more stressful than being on stage and feeling like you're bombing and that's what teaching's like to me it's like so oh that's beautiful no that's like that's exactly what it is i teach um I teach all kind, all different levels of kids, but like ha so half of my schedule, and I kind of like it like this. I teach um, like AP and um, concurrent enrollment classes through Slick, Solid Community College. Yeah. So that's like half of my schedule, and then I have the other half that um, you know they're just trying to eke by to get their diploma. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting just seeing like the the different kinds, but it is like you know you have to be comfortable bombing. So I think I I think back to my first you know I've been. I've been in uh, public education for 14 years now. And I think early on it was just so like excruciating. <laughs> and now it's like, I kind of like when I say it like a, a bad joke or something that connects and it's like, they just kind of get a cringe because at least they're paying attention. <laughs> uh, but I, I can, I no, I relate. I mean, I, you know, just at the high school level, not at a college level, but it is like, it's it is it's ex <laughs> it's, it's exhausting yeah, yeah it's it's so exhausting i mean like today um we've only been back i think three weeks so usually i i notice it takes me about a month of coming back from the summer to kind of like physically be able to at least like handle it so i just you know i came home and i i took an hour nap before <laughs> i got on to talk to you today um because it, it, it depletes you you know and and i'm the same way i'm a you know i'm a history teacher I have a master's in American history, but I'm constantly like, I've forgotten way more than I, <laughs> you know, I, I have to relearn a lot of it. Um, just so I feel like I feel comfortable being able to talk what I'm going to talk about. So, um, yeah, it's an exhausting <laughs> profession. I was just telling my wife on the way out this morning, I'm like, I don't know if I got the, you know, 20 more years of the, you know, 
like I think I'm gonna it's I, I do love it, but it physically is exhausting, you know. It, it is. When do you write? Um, that's a great question. So it's like that's one thing I've always struggled with. So I I really try to focus on like my my breaks, you know, that I, I have off and then um like tonight I'll probably write for an hour, hour and a half. So I find like if I like write when I come home, I'm just kind of like shot. So maybe you know, I might lay down for a little nap. Yeah. Um and then have dinner and then and then um I'll write for an hour or two. And then on the weekends I try to I try to do more. Um and if I'm just not feeling like I'm not, I'm not a huge outliner, but like, I'm not, I don't, if I feel like I just can't write, I still force myself to like, we get some index cards out and like shuffle scenes around different things. So as long as I'm doing something I found in the past, like it was just like, I wasn't getting anything done and I'm like, Oh, I'm tired. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And it just was not happening. So I'm like, well, if I can just at least like, even if it's very small and it's not like, you know, actual writing, if I'm doing something for the book, then I can at least like, that's better than nothing. So, yeah. but it, but it, yeah, it's, it's really hard. And cause you, you know, you're, you, you're writing something that you're emotionally involved with. So you're depleted physically and emotionally from work. And then you jump into this other world. Um, but I do, so I really try to like, I've worked on this book that I'm on right now for four years and you know, it's my first, it's my first book. So I, I feel like like every summer I've really spent a lot of time focusing on it. So hopefully like I'm in like, the, you know, the, I I would hope I'm th hoping the next year or so I can start sending it out. Um, and then that's a whole other process that will be new to me. But I've <laughs> I've heard a lot of, you know, so we'll see. Um, but I'm, I've put in this much. Thank you. I put in this much time. I have to like, yeah, you know, I have to see it through. So, well, good, man. Keep going. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. I got to go back and read your, I didn't realize you had a novel, so I'm going to, I'm going to go get a copy of that. Right. Um, yeah. That, yeah. Would, uh, that would be amazing from one novelist to another. So I'd like to write another one, but I, I think I want to stay in film for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I, like I said, I, writing novels are so difficult. It's like, it's the most difficult thing. I think it's the most difficult yeah. art form. I think so. It's... Yeah, and I talk. You know, I talked to like um. It it's so it, it yeah it's so hard. And when you feel, I don't know if you've had. I'm sure you've had this experience where you think something is like, oh, I really knocked this out of the park. This is great. What I wrote today, and then you go back and read it, and you're like, it just goes out the window. Like this is you know, um. So it it it, it is, and you're so right. It, it's so, you know, good and bad. It's isolating. And then so sometimes you're just so much in your own, your own head. You're like, is this any good? Is this shit? Like what? what? You know, so it is. And you, there's so much time spent um, alone. And, and then not to mention, there's not a lot of money <laughs> in it, you know, <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's been that's been interesting talking to. Um, I talked to somebody on a, a podcast over the spring and the, in my mind, they're about as like, you know, and like a well-respected writer who makes a living as a writer. He's been involved in TV and, and, uh, he was just, he just kind of opened up to me about like, Oh yeah. It's like, he's like, I've been writing for 30 years and this is my advance this time. And, um, so he does a lot of TV stuff, you know, to kind of like 
that's where I, he made uh, i looked at your what i i think i saw he's a yeah. he's been on two shows right um just one actually this one. Oh, that's another yeah that guy um i think the one you're thinking of chip we had that similar conversation chip jacobs he lives in pasadena um and he you know he's he, he's an awesome writer he's written um I believe just one fiction book, but so he, he's done more nonfiction. He comes from a journalism background, but it is pretty interesting talking to people who've done this for, you know, several decades and uh, just like props to them. Obviously this is, this is like something like a writer. They, you have to do it. Like, it's like, I have to do it because it doesn't make any sense um, <laughs> from a financial standpoint. There's no guarantees. And even if you make it, it's, you know, if you're just working on off books, like there's only a handful of people that make good money <laughs> off it. But it's true. And I think what a lot of people don't understand is that your sales numbers, like when you when you sell a book, like you get the advance and then it goes out, it goes out into the world. There are certain there's a calculus in play. <laughs> yeah. And depending on how much they gave you, that's how successful you have to be to be considered successful to them. And so the worst thing is, is like, there's all this build up to your release day, which is always on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And then by like Friday, if the editor's not returning your calls, you know, you're <laughs> in trouble, but you don't even really know what happened because you've been working so hard and everyone's like, this is amazing. It's such a good book. This is an important book. And then like, who's this? You know, <laughs> it, it happens so fast and you can feel it in your body when it's happening. You're just like, it's like you like in high school, when you know, someone's about to break up with you, you can feel it coming. <laughs> so, but it's all of this is to say like with all this stuff. And so for me, like with garage and with speakers of the dead, my novel, it, you have to celebrate the, the successes because they come and they go and they're fleeting, but it, it, it's more, I think about the process and it's like, it's the day when you, when you didn't want to write and you showed up anyway and you, you got part of a scene, right. And you know, you did it and it feels yeah. so good and it sets you up for the next day. And it's like, it's like a, it's a daily reprieve from blowing your brains out. <laughs> That's I love what, that. That's what being a writer is. Uh, it's one or the other. And so um, it, unfortunately, <laughs> so you, I mean, the best, it's just the, it's always about the process though. When the process is going well, things are going well. And the outcomes are so, they just even be, I mean, I have some friends out here and also writers uh, that I know who have been very successful and, they're no happier or their lives are no simpler than mine yeah. really. So yeah. it's just another set of problems. So, um, no, like, yeah. Just come going back to what we, um, we're kind of, kind of touching on at the beginning of the, the episode, just like, you know, you, damn better. Well, enjoy the process because there's no, like, there's no guarantee where this will land or if it will land or, or what. So I think that's ultimately why, any of us started doing any of these things is because the process was what we love. And so, um, all the other stuff, you know, it's hard to put aside, but I think it, it needs to be to make good art, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. That's good advice. So for any like young writers listening, so every, we're all, you know, 
we're all <laughs> miserable on some level or why am I not quite there? Or look at someone else and, um, and be jealous. Yeah. Like they have their own set of problems. There's no there, there. That's, that's yeah. the, that's the, but, but it also is like, it's amazing to, sometimes I just have to stop and think like, like if, if I had told my, you know, 20 year old self, like what I'd be doing now, and I won't say my age, but <laughs> I, would say, I would say that's great. Like, good for you. You did it. Like you did what you wanted to do. And the fact that I, ha- you know, how you feel about it, it's a whole different thing, but, but it's like, you know, when you're, when you, when you get to do it, like you're doing it and it's like, that's the thing. That's yeah. it. And it's amazing because, because we get to do it. So, yeah. That's so true. I mean, it, it's so true. I think, um, yeah, I can't, I couldn't have said it better. So, <laughs> um, anything else you want to say before this has been an, an awesome conversation? Um, I felt like I was a little all over the place. I didn't get to say much about Salt Lake city, but I love, I love being from Salt Lake city. I, I think my two kids live there. So I still, you know, I get to, uh, it's still part of me. I mean, the university of Utah, was just I had the most fun going there and I I I discovered film you know <laughs> I I uh well the, re- the reason I, I'll shut up this is the last story I'll, the la- I discovered <laughs> film because I, I was having um well people this will resonate this this is a Utah uh, I mean Utah audience I was sent home from my Mormon mission uh-huh. for having sex with my girlfriend and so I went to live with my grandparents and start going to the University of Utah and they still wanted me to go to church but I didn't want to anymore so I would dress up on Sunday and say I was going to church and then I'd go see movies <laughs> and I'd go down to ninth and ninth and go Tower, to the- yeah. <laughs> or go to the Broadway or they used to have the big dome on 33rd and mm-hmm. yeah and I I, I would go, I would go, I would go see movies there and I fell in love with films and, and it was like, I felt like film saved me at that point, but that's, that's, I fell in love with films like right, right there. And so, and like I said, I was reviewing movies and so it, it was always all there and I just didn't quite know how to get, get there. So yeah. anyway, I think um, Salt Lake City is an amazing place. So, and it's really it keeps getting more amazing. So, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting place. I like, I grew up here as well. And, you know, I think a, a lot of growing up, I was like, couldn't wait to get out of here. And I, I did a couple of times and I ended up back and I have like a different appreciation for now. It's like, there's no place else on earth like this place. It's, it's like for better or for worse, it is a very unique, quirky, complicated place. And I, I love it for that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Well, we'll have you on again. Um, I would love to have you on again. We can talk. We could talk more because this was, yeah, this was very enjoyable for me, and I love. Don't feel like you were bouncing all over. That's like the tone I want to set for this kind of like a real conversation. So, awesome. um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Um, and then, so real quick, tell us um, about the, the 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 next screening of Garage yes, and and the date. So Garage will be screening in Atlanta at the at the Atlanta Underground Festival on the 19th of September at 1:40. And if you 
go to uh, garagemovie.com. You can get tickets if you live in Atlanta and uh, it'd be, yeah, it's, it's, and then we'll be, we're just kind of beginning our film festival journey. So uh, we'll, you know, you can keep in touch by at garagemovie.com as well. So, and then, yeah, we'll be developing the feature and uh, so look for that too. Great. So yeah, I'll have links for all that just in the description here. Um, are you going to be able? Are you going to be able to attend Atlanta? I am. I'm time? going. I'm excited because that's where I was a professor. So yeah, that's so great. A lot of uh, former students and colleagues who are going to be there, and it's going to be fun to see them. So great. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for you, and definitely um, want to keep in contact and hear about the feature. And anytime you want to come on and talk about Salt Lake. Uh, that would be that would be fun as well because I mean we could go we could have a whole podcast on Salt Lake and grow, growing up here in the Quirks. We I don't know if someone hasn't done that yet. You know that would be a great that would be a great podcast. I'd listen to it. <laughs> yeah, we should do it. There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> so, but it, yeah, for sure, a lot of fun weird stuff happens in Salt Lake City. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, great, Aaron. Thank you so much for for taking the time. This was this was great. I'm so happy to connect with you and. Um, love the film. Uh, I know other people will, will love it as well. It's a, you know, it's a beautifully made short, important, incredible narrative and just like something unique and different, something I've never seen before. So this is like, it's, it's great that yeah, it's getting the attention it deserves. So thank yeah, you. thank you. What a pleasure to meet you and keep working on the novel. Thank you. I, <laughs> I will. Okay. Um, yeah, great. This was, this was fun. I will talk to you later. Okay, thanks, Tyler. Okay, bye. bye.